Hi, everybody. I am so glad that you are listening today. It's Leslie Jane Seymour, and I'm here for Reinvent Yourself. I have somebody who I really admire, and I'm really thrilled that you're going to get to meet her, Gina Bianchini, and she is the CEO of Mighty Networks. And I believe she is the next Facebook, better than Facebook. We move, we are moving Covey Club off of Facebook and into Mighty Networks under the uh, grouping called Covey Connect. And she has made a beautiful community available to any kind of creator like us or like me. And what's wonderful is it's advertising free, it's distraction free, it's clutter free. And what's interesting is, especially for Covey Club, Mighty Networks has allowed us to start having those deeper, more meaningful conversations than we ever had before. And it's finally happening, and it's because of Gina. And she's kind enough to spend some time with us. And what an interesting thing. It happens to be her 47th birthday today. You're going to hear about that, which is great. So she's perfect for the Covey. But she grew up in Cupertino in the center of Silicon Valley. And oh my God, she worked for Goldman Sachs and she had several other launches that she was successful with and she sold. And now she's doing this because she really has such a wonderful philosophy about wanting to bring people together, to do things together, to create things together. And boy, does that sound like Hubby Club. So I'm really excited for you to listen to my conversation with Gina and you're going to learn a lot about her wonderful morning practice that is all about reinventing yourself every single morning and then more. Here we go. So hello, Gina. How are you today? I am fantastic. I'm so excited to be here on this podcast with you. Um, so thank you for having me. Yes. And as you told me, it's your birthday. Will you divulge which birthday. birthday it is? It's my daughter's birthday too, which is so sweet. It, it, it is 47. Fabulous. My 47th baby. year on Oh, the it's planet. great. That's great. What are you going to do tonight? And it, um, tonight I am actually going to barbecue at my house. It great. is June. And I, anybody with a June birth, any Gemini, I would uh-huh. say, uh-huh. knows that, that the thing about a June birthday is that school's already out. So you are like, it's never about sort of this big, massive party, but it's right. more about eating, you know, barbecuing, eating watermelon and having, you know, angel food cake. At least Ooh. that's been my experience. Fabulous. Yeah. And where are you located? Are you in California? I am. I'm in beautiful Palo Alto, California. Oh, Palo about 20 Alto. 20 minutes from where I grew up in Cupertino, California. So you grew up in I, I am definitely. I didn't yes, realize I'm that. Total okay. Local. Oh, okay. You have to tell me about that. I did not realize that. So talk a little bit about growing up out there. You're really hardcore center of the earthquake and, and you're going to, you're going to take on some of your, your fellow sort of unicorn people, right? <laughs> well, I would say that having been born and raised in Silicon Valley, even before it was Silicon Valley and really right. it was orchard. The yes. one thing that I can say is this is just an incredibly special place. Um, and it is a place where, you know, speaking of reinvention and invention, the possibilities are always there and always achievable. And so there's something certainly amazing about, I, I feel incredibly lucky that my grandparents 
who were Italian immigrants moved to Cupertino in the in the 50s to open a nursery. A nursery um, and of, of a, a plant a, nursery? A plant nursery, yeah, because it was oh. all orchards. Oh, so oh, they oh. had orchards. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how I ended up here. And I feel incredibly fortunate to, wow. to have grown up here and to, you know, be able to stay here as it is a very different place than when I grew up. But yeah. I think a number of things are very similar to, you know, growing up in the seventies and the eighties in, in Cupertino, which was really about your interests, your passions and following your curiosity. Um, wow. And that's the thing that I think has made Silicon Valley so um, important is that it attracts people who are curious and passionate and really looking forward to building the future, as, mm. as cliche as that might sound. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because one of the things um, that sets the Covey Club group apart is that they are constant learners and they are extreme. They will always say that they're extremely curious and it kind of groups us together. I I don't understand people who are not curious. I have a really funny, like I don't understand why they're not curious and neither do. And that's (laughs) what draws people into the Covey Club. So you're, you're perfect for that. So you ended, did you end up going to college out there too as well? And I did. And did, did you end up in the Apple universe in any way? No, other than an internship when I was a junior in high school, uh-huh. I never ended up at Apple. Oh, wow. How to did me, you avoid like, that? Okay. Well, because I, I was incredibly fortunate to be able to go to Stanford. And instead of, um, you know, at, at certainly at the time that I was in, in college, going to Apple, it was like the dark, the dark ages of Apple. It had uh-huh. been like once Steve Jobs had been cast out. Oh, and so it actually wasn't okay. a cool place to go okay. when I was graduating from college. Okay. And so instead, I, I, uh, I did technology investment banking at a place called Goldman Sachs. Oh, and my God. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which was, which was actually a super interesting experience because it was 1994, 1995. So basically, the, the, the technology group was still viewed as a backwater, you know, the IPOs were only $25 million. And then in 1994, 1995, the internet happened. And so I I was there for that transformation from, you know, a backwater to the center uh, of uh, of so much uh, success financially in terms of the impact and everything else. So it was a a really interesting and and, um, transformational time. That's the only kind of word I can can think of to to describe it. So that was where I started my career. And then I moved into, I moved to the company side when I was recruited by one of the IPOs, one of the initial public offerings that I worked on to run acquisitions and equity investments and new business unit development when I was like 24. Oh my Um, God. So I, so I did that. And then I went to business school at Stanford and then I um, when I was coming out of business school, I basically, uh, uh, my former boss from that same company was like, Gina, let's start a company together. And it was at the height of the dot-com boom. And so I said, yes. And then the market totally crashed. Um. And I ran my first startup, you know, during the, again, the dark era of the dot-com bus, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003. But mm-hmm. it was also the period of time where all of the early seeds of social networking 
and social software was starting to emerge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I saw it. I was just kind of in the right place at the right time and mm-hmm. absolutely fell in love with mm-hmm. the notion of the things I had been interested and passionate about, namely people and people systems and how, you know, how do we change and how do cultures change and societies change and politics change? Mm-hmm. And then having grown up around technology, I wasn't an engineer, but I innately understood how technology worked and was really fortunate that so many people that I grew up with, but also went to college with or worked with. Mm-hmm. One of the things that that is amazing about engineers is that they love to talk about what they're building. They're builders and love to discuss it. So I was really mm-hmm. fortunate to be surrounded by people who wanted to talk about how the technology worked and just the whole, you know, salad mix of you know, people systems and technology systems, I knew I was home. And I knew that that was the thing I wanted to do for the rest of my career was work at this intersection of how technology can be a positive force for good in the world by impacting positively the lives of the people that use it. And so that is what I have really been doing since 2004, first with a company called Ning, um, which when I left in 2010, I was, I was that your first startup. Yes. Oh. Well, that was actually my second startup. My second, second startup, startup was called Ning. And we were a platform for people to create their own social networks. So when right. I left in okay. 2010, we had 3 million Ning networks wow. um, serving nearly a hundred million people around oh the God. world. Oh, and yeah. it was, it was an incredible experience, so much so that I, I left for a variety of different reasons and dynamics and looked at myself in the mirror and said, you know what, I'm not done with this. This is okay. where I want to, this is my mission. And okay. I started Mighty Networks pretty much six months later and have been working on that um, and working on Mighty Networks since then. And what Mighty Networks is, is a platform for people to, for really creators, coaches, entrepreneurs, brands, to be able to create their own communities with their own content, their own even online courses, their own subgroups, and their own subscription commerce. Yes, so that, that's, that's great. You know, yeah. the, the hundreds of millions of creators that are out there in the world who are bringing people together, we think about them as creators with a purpose, yes. that they are able to um, create their, their own special world on the internet where they are able to bring people together with a focus to it, with a a deeper, more meaningful connection in part because it's away from the noise and clutter of social media. Yes. Uh, And to be able to, um, and to be able to allow the creator to generate revenue from it so that they can actually invest more time and energy into making that particular, typically it's an interest, a passion, a goal, a uh, life stage. Those are all the different things that, that really make a phenomenal mighty network. And the way we think about it is the most thrilling communities that exist in the world. And certainly hopefully the ones on mighty network are no exception are ones where a creator is able to bring people together to master something interesting to them together. 
And so as we think about and as we build out our platform, it's really about how do people not just come together to hang out, that's certainly one piece of it, but where the true communities deliver meaning is when we can master something interesting together as, as human beings. It's why we're put on this earth. Even, even the most busy people want to master mm-hmm. something interesting together. Mm-hmm. And even the most lazy people, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me that we always call people who sit on the couch and play video games lazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When the, the skill and the challenge in playing video games is mastering something interesting together. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's, why I love what I do. I love, you know, being 47 years old. I love this moment in time. And I, I, I have never been more optimistic about the power of people coming together than I am right now. Well, and it's interesting because, um, you have, um, we are on Mighty Networks. Everybody um, who's listening, um, I hope all of you realize we do have Covey Connect on Mighty Network. That's how we did it. Um, and if you want to be part of it, you just go to the join part of Covey Club and sign up at least for Nest or Rule the Roost. And then you can join the Mighty Network part of our system, which is called Covey Connect. And what I love about it, Gina, is that you have created a community space that is free of advertising, free of scraping, free of following you around the internet when you're done, free of all the distractions. And I had a very hard time before this. We have, we've had, we tried a Google Doc, we tried Facebook pages, we had all of that, and no one was talking there. What's really very interesting is in the privacy of the app and with your guidance that you do a wonderful job of guiding us through how to make this network actually hum, people are talking and they're talking deeply. And that's kind of why I wanted to speak with you on this because I think it's rather unique and I think it's also very unique in this time and, and moment when I have to say there are other networks out there I'm disgusted with and no one wants to be in those other places anymore. So I think you've kind of, I don't know, how are you feeling about that? I feel like this is the magic moment for you in a, in a really interesting way. Yeah, in, in many respects, that's exactly true. Um, you know, it's, it's one of these things where um, we are not meant to live in a public feed. That is not actually the yes. healthiest, uh, uh. you know, that's not the healthiest place for us to be as human beings. Yeah, we actually, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's a phenomenal platform for running targeted advertising, for capturing data, to right. drive targeted advertising and delivering right. targeted advertising. Yeah. But, you know, one thing we're pretty clear about as people is that we are happiest when we're in flow, you know, yeah. meaning that the challenge that we're able to focus on and the skills that we're building actually are, are somewhat close, but, mm-hmm. you know, the challenge is a little bit bigger than our skills and we just lose track of time. Mm-hmm. Very difficult mm-hmm. to do that when you are trying to, to essentially, and it's not you are, but like the software that you are spending the majority of your time in mm-hmm. is trying to, to smush together, you know, a political debate happening amongst people that you may or may not know, combined mm-hmm. with like, mm-hmm. eighth, every, everybody I know is like, eighth grade graduation was like this week. Um, mm-hmm. With eighth grade graduation, with like, a, you know, a, a group, but only one post from a group, 
and then a different group. And it's like, that's not the way we're actually built for, for meaning and yeah. for peace and for yeah. happiness yeah. and for yeah. sort of the sense yeah. of, you know, the sense of, of belonging that we're all yearning yeah. for and that yeah. sense of being able to yeah. connect with people and go deeper. Right. And so it's, it's, you know, in many respects, it's just, it's a completely orthogonal model to what we're trying to build with a mighty network, which one it's about putting the, you know, it's putting you and your vision for what you want to bring people together to be able to do, to be able to master together Two about being able to allow for focus, flexibility, which is why we have mobile apps and all this sort of good stuff and flow so mm -hmm. that, you know, mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. are actually able to, to, you know, it sounds so dorky to say, but like take on a quest together, you know, mm -hmm. to define mm -hmm. what it means mm -hmm. to do something meaningful in 2019, mm -hmm. 2020 mm -hmm. and beyond. Mm -hmm. And so those are the things that, that, you know, we have, we have been working on um, because they're not actually, it's not actually easy to build that into software no. as well as it's not really easy to build that into culture. Right. But what, but what we believe is that it's the right model and, and, and history and the future bends towards uh, small communities. It bends towards um, the things that we actually like to do as people in terms of finding connection, finding meaning. And we, and we are at a moment in time where the software is not actually, you know, it's, it's more like, it's not, it's not a dinner party. It's a 3 a.m. vendor at a casino. You're still there. You're still going to play like one more round of the slot machine right. because they're there and because right. they are designed to be addictive. We actually think that the, the antidote for that is designing for meaning, designing for belonging, and designing for focus. And so that's what we're doing, you know, with my networks. And, you know, we're fortunate that we're growing. We're fortunate that it's working. We're fortunate that, um, you know, fundamentally, history bends towards people wanting to connect with other people in a really, um, around their interests, their passions, their goals in a way that is not choppy and about, you know, a three-second view. And yes. that's what's really... That's what's well, really profound. And I think everybody's struggling so hard with concentration today because it's just, everything is designed to distract you from your mission and it's a fight mm -hmm. against distraction, right? So yeah. that's, that's the thing is how do you get away from that and how do you keep that, um, how do you keep that from happening while you're trying to mm -hmm. build that thing? So let's talk a little bit. So you're really um, a creator of a site for reinventors more than a reinventor yourself, though you have reinvented within the things that you've done. Yes. I mean, I, I definitely picked a lane. And, you know, my lane that I am, uh, you know, I truly feel is not only my passion, but my mission and like what I want to be doing forever um, is around community building around, you know, how do we scale phenomenal opportunities and use technology and use software in ways that, that surface amazing people to each other, allow for deeper connections. I always think about it as like, you know, how do we help each and every creator with a purpose? be the most fabulous host that they can. You know, like we've all walked into those parties where like 
like you only know one person, yes. but that person is super good at introducing you to other people and just yes. making it feel so natural yes. and so yes. normal. Yes. yes. And the crazy thing is that in 2019, you know, on, on our day to day basis, we are losing those skills. Yes. Which means that it's actually getting more valuable to be able to offer that to people. I see. And I so see. when we mm-hmm. when we when we look at the fact that software can help anybody become a great host, especially as you're scaling your community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's you know, it and it follows some very simple principles that have nothing to do with the software around having a big purpose, around, mm-hmm. you know, thinking thinking about community building as, as sort of more of a long-term or a year-in-the-life kind of effort, mm-hmm. having monthly themes, having a weekly calendar that's consistent and your members can build habits around, and then mm-hmm. a daily action that isn't designed, you know, to be an article that, like, is an external link with, like, hey, what do you think about this? Right. But instead, it's like, right. you know, how, you know, like a poll that is like, how are you feeling about yeah. where we're at? Yes. You know, how are you feeling about where you're spending your time today? Are you positive? Are you negative? Right. And, and use that as a way to start to facilitate relationships and connections. Yes. So, you know, I, like the number of things that we cannot wait to get to as it relates to software playing a role of enabling, basically giving everybody the, the superpower of being a phenomenal host of making natural connections with people around the things that are meaningful and to be able to go deeper, much faster, both online and then also find people in the real world where you now have a relationship with them. And so when you see them out and about or you organize a meetup, it feels great. And we can do that in a way today with software that, you know, wasn't, wasn't possible even 10 years ago. Talk about your reinvention though. Like, cause you came out of, you had a, you had to pick your lane, but you also had to reinvent yourself from within a big company to doing your own companies, right? Mm-hmm. And then you left. Did you did you close out of Ning or did you leave? And it yeah. Still so we. It, it interestingly, we, so we sold it, you and sold then it. Um, yes, and it's so it's still alive as sort of a shadow of its former self. Okay. Yeah. Um, but but at the same point in time, yes, you are right. So what I think is so interesting, and as I think about reinvention, the thing that has been the greatest gift I feel like any of us can give to ourselves is the ability to wake up in the morning and say, today is day one. Mm. Whatever happened mm-hmm. yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, whatever mm-hmm. happened yesterday is yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that instead of, you know, replaying it, instead of being like, coulda, shoulda, woulda, mm-hmm. to just be able to wake up in the morning. And for me, it's, it's a, a daily practice of like sitting down with like some computer, like blank computer paper and a mm-hmm. big micro ball pen mm-hmm. and just letting today be day one. Mm-hmm. And I have found that I am better able to manage my own psychology. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the world of startups, you know, is not for the faint, the faint of oh my, You're telling um, me. Oh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but just the ability to manage my own psychology, the ability to, to stay creative for longer periods of time, mm-hmm. and the ability to quiet the messages in my head that say, mm-hmm. you know, God, Gina, you should have done this or like that was so stupid and replace those messages with today is day one. I get to take what I learned yesterday, 
translate that into something that I am allowed and able and empowered to do differently today. Mm-hmm. And that very small shift, and it, it is a pretty subtle and small shift, mm-hmm. has made the biggest mm-hmm. difference in my mm-hmm. own life. Mm-hmm. Do you meditate? You sound like a meditator. You know, it's interesting. I don't meditate, but you know, I feel like this practice I have, you know, getting up with a non-fat latte from my Nespresso maker and a blank piece of paper, a stack of paper, so I can write as much as I want. And you do it on paper. My you're, form. you're a tech person and you're writing on paper? I, I actually completely, I don't, I don't care, you know, if, if anybody is even a digital native, I just don't think your brain works nearly as well when so it's about interacting with a screen uh-huh. as it is interacting with a blank piece of paper. Oh, interesting. I don't like actually, lined paper. <laughs> and you actually write down what you're going to do that day or what your thoughts are. Give me your specifics because that might really help. I, I literally just, whatever is on my mind. I write it down and then I just start to like, I just start to like follow the ideas. Okay. You know, I, I, the way I do the to-do list part of it, it's not a to-do list, but I have sort of a little system where over on the right-hand side, the far right-hand side of the the paper, Mm -hmm. I will just jot down the things that are like, Oh yeah, I got to do that this morning or, or just to get it out of my brain Mm -hmm. so that I can stay Mm -hmm. focused on the main piece of paper. Yes. Yes. And the main ideas. Right. And you know, I know myself well enough that like my best thinking is going to be first thing in the morning. And one of the things that is so fascinating to me is that because it's, it's a habit that I now get up excited for that time in the morning. So I, I actually started getting up earlier and earlier so I could have more of it. Um, and so I've gone from somebody who, you know, normally would get up at like 7 a.m. or whatever right. to somebody who gets up at 530 okay. because then I get to like, I, first of all, it's just when I wake up at this point, uh, I think another both blessing and curse of being 47 years old. Uh-huh. Um, by the way, I'm getting used to saying 47 because again, today is my birthday. Um, but, but basically just this notion and this idea that, um, I get, I get to have a fresh start. Yes. I like and that when I think about that, you know, every day on some level is a reinvention. Yeah. And, and one of the words I'm definitely finding in my own kind of practice or, or just, you know, as, as I'm talking to hosts on many networks is also this notion of reigniting something. So, you know, a community can kind of go in ebbs and flows and things mm-hmm. like that. And so, you know, as a, as a host, as, mm-hmm. you know, that person who is a mentor that is, you know, bringing people into the special world mm-hmm. of your, of your community where you're creating something new and important together, mm-hmm. you know, that notion that like every day is day one, like if yesterday wasn't like a great day in your community mm-hmm. or like in, in your life, that's okay because mm-hmm. today is day one. Today mm-hmm. is the opportunity to reignite and reinvigorate the things that are important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that to me has been one of the, it, it's why I love my life right now mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, not like my external life, yes, you know, we're growing, whatever, but like at the same point in time, my external life hasn't changed a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how I have chosen to show up. Mm-hmm. and how I have chosen to invest my time in, in this daily practice, this morning practice that really is about, hey, today is day one. Well, what do you do with your papers? Do you keep them in a binder? Do you have them in a book? What do you do with them? 
So they're all loose. Um, I oh. do have a traveling version of this, okay. but it's all, you know, loose, loose printer paper, basically. Oh, loose so printer I have a stack paper. Of, uh, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. So I basically, you know, the same thing that you like put it in your, your, um, loosely, you know, binder. your printer at home or at the, oh, okay. no, not loose. No, 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 no. Just computer white, eight and a half by 11 <laughs> okay. paper. Okay. And so I have a stack of it that are just sort of all of my notes. And every once in a while, like typically about once a week, uh -huh. I'll go through them. And I have this great sense of accomplishment in terms of like, most of the time, it's about just setting my intention for the day. And I can just go jam on whatever kind of was the ideas uh, of the morning. Um, but like, there's also just this great feeling of like throwing away the ones that I have addressed. Oh, and then keeping the ones away. that are ideas okay. that oh, I want to okay. like, you know, okay. it, it, you know, it's the idea, the ideas that I'm not quite done with. Okay. Um, so I, I always kind of have a stack of papers around. Um, okay. And, and it's, it, you know, it's, it's a system that works for me. I love it. It's fantastic. So just give me a little bit about your personal life. What is going on in your personal life? Your business life is obviously incredible. Do you have family? What do you do? I am married mm -hmm. and I live in Palo Alto and man, I am one lucky person. <laughs> I just feel incredibly grateful for my personal life. Oh, that's great. And um, so as we get to the close of this, of talking about reinvention, what I always ask for is real tips. So you gave us that fabulous morning ritual, which I think is fantastic. Anybody who wants to find a way to sort of refresh themselves on a daily basis. That's just fantastic way to do it. Um, do you have any other sort of tips and tricks for reinvention that you've either learned by doing this yourself or by watching other people or learning from other people on your networks? You know, I, I would say that in terms of the most practical thing that has made the biggest difference to me, it is this morning, you know, morning practice. Okay. Um, the other thing that I have found and, and especially as I have done, I, like I've used it almost as something that is meditative. Okay. Is is honestly just how hard all of us are on ourselves. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and to extent like other people. So, you know, I, I, I think each and every one of us, knows what it's like to be kind to ourselves, but it is a very rusty practice. It's a very, mm -hmm. very weak muscle. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, every once in a while, it's like, what's the thing that, you know, each of us can do to be kind to ourselves mm -hmm. when that happens and, and maybe that's working out. Maybe that is, you know, a favorite treat like at the end of the day, whether that's a popsicle or a piece of watermelon, uh -huh. um, whether that's just a, the messages that you tell yourself or mm -hmm. I tell myself, mm -hmm. that is all under our control. And the more that I, the kinder I am to myself, the more empathy I have for other people. Mm, and that doesn't mean that I don't yeah. strive, yeah. strive for excellence. It doesn't mean that I don't have high standards of the people that are, you know, that, that, that I recruit and uh, that right. are around me, right. but it, it means that I can also, you know, separate out someone's performance from who they are as people. And I can have empathy for them in ways that, you know, again, it's like we treat, we treat others the way we want 
to treat ourselves or the way we do treat ourselves. And so I just think there's a little bit more opportunity in all of our lives for kindness to ourselves. It's not lazy. It's not indulgent. It's actually mm-hmm. something that allows us to show up for other people mm-hmm. in a way that generally is, it spreads a, a vibe that has, you know, ripple effects in very, very positive ways all over the place. Mm. Okay. Okay. I love that. Ripple effects. Good. Well, this is wonderful and you're totally right. And I love what you're doing. It's truly magical. Um, and I want to thank you so thank much you. for talking to us. And I'll, I will tell you the feedback so far has been wonderful on our Mighty Network. I hope you'll come check us out. And uh, love it. Now, that, now that you're over 40, <laughs> it's, a, it's a network yeah. for women 40 plus. <laughs> And uh, well over 40, I might add as well. (laughs) We talk about all those issues that you're going through. And we are what's wonderful is those conversations are happening because of what you've done. So we want to thank you. And thanks for your time, Gina. I so appreciate it. I really appreciate the time as well. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks. So I want to thank you all for joining us at this discussion of Mighty Networks with Gina Bianchini. She's amazing. I hope that if you enjoy the podcast, you will rate us, give us five stars. That's the only way that other people find out about us. I hope that you will also subscribe. And I hope that you will come and look at the join page on cubbyclub.com and come join Cubby Connect. You need to be a Nest member or a Rule the Roost member in order to do that. It's totally affordable. And we do charge because it is a more exclusive community. And also because the people who create content, I'm paying them. And we got to pay me to pay them. So I hope you will join us. We are having those conversations that I think all of you want to have. And we are working towards great building a great community together. And this is really getting started now. So I hope you enjoy this and I hope you'll subscribe both to CoveyClub.com, Covey Connect, and to Reinvent Yourself. Thank you.